Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hour number two, glad you're with us across the Outkick Network with Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. You can follow us on Twitter at Outkick360. Find us on YouTube and Twitter as well. Uh, with the live stream, you can join the chat. You can join Chad in that chat right now at the YouTube channel. Uh, and of course, we say hello to everyone listening across the Outkick Network today. Monday Night Football, Pittsburgh hosting Cleveland and what is likely, very likely, Ben Roethlisberger's final game at Heinz Field. Um, it's not going to be the case that, that Pittsburgh hosts a playoff game if they get in. There is an outsider's shot that they get in. Low percentage chance that they can make their way into the postseason. Cleveland has been mathematically eliminated. So not a lot is at stake in this game for 2022 postseason concerns. But... Uh, from historical significance, we do watch Big Ben play in his final game against the divisional opponent that he's had a lot of success against uh, over the course of his his long career. I have another curiosity tonight. The Manning cast returns, and I huh. have tweeted that if Eli and Peyton can make Roger Goodell interesting tonight, they deserve an Emmy for that and that alone. Why you want the commissioner on when he says nothing and is so bland? Uh, I'll be fascinated to see what they do with this well, uh, and what kind of delay they have because Roger's such a natural conversationalist. I will, when they have the delay on the Zoom, it'll be, I predict, as awkward as anybody's ever been. I don't think it's going to be that bad, and and here's why. As, as crazy as it sounds, I have seen Goodell be entertaining, and it was with his wife. His wife uh, did the, or it does this joint podcast with another host, and they have people on from across the NFL and the football business, and they chat about just random things. They'll do philanthropy work. I mean, it's a, it's more or less a hype train for what the NFL's doing on a positive note, which is fine. Sure. I mean, they do, do, do a lot of charitable work. But Goodell was on as a guest of one of these, and it just popped up in one of my algorithms one night, and I clicked play. And it was actually... It was a different side of him because you. He's didn't. comfortable with his wife. That's good to know. Well, and the other host, um, and she, she just let her ask whatever. I mean, it's not. It was nothing football related, right? So he was, um, I think, more comfortable because he could let his guard down a bit, and he wasn't have to answer it like he's answering on behalf of like uh, a courtroom, <laughs> which is sometimes the case. Like like he's a lawyer taking the stand. Um, that's not me sitting here saying he's entertaining. And it's going to be, you know, must-watch TV. I'll watch the highlights of it. Um, but I, I do think he can have some personality with Peyton and Eli, unlike whatever he might do at a podium Super Bowl week. I think he'll be so prepared for it and that they're going to have some things ready for him that it's not going to be awful. The, the, the delay is the one thing that could make it awful. The guests overall tonight are terrific. Snoop. Bill Cower, then Snoop Dogg in the third quarter. Talked about Roger Goodell and Aaron Rodgers 
in the fourth quarter. It should be great with those four guests. On this being Big Ben's last home game in Pittsburgh, I always debate in my mind what a team and a stadium crew should do when there's still some doubt. Go overboard. Tonight for this for this I, one. I think go I think all so also, but yeah. when it's not officially announced, he's saying he's this, pretty much this said is it. pointing I to think, it being the end. I I I believe that there I think you go overboard. Feel too. foolish. I'm with you. Time. I think you not just overboard, go. Just do it. I mean, what is what's the what's the harm in making the mistake that he comes back right. for one more season? Exactly. You're not going to. You're not. If time. he's at opening day next year, you're not going to be like, oh, we shouldn't have done that back on January third. But even the vibe that that they put out that we were all read into preseason was they were bringing him back and they were making one more run at it off of a 12 win performance last year. And they were taking one more crack at it. Turns out it wasn't the right call uh, based on their results. But I, I think everyone behind the scenes has known this is it. This I'm is not the just talking season. a scoreboard stuff either. I'm talking play calling. Sling it. Let him run. Let him do like whatever you've got. I want to see it. In his last game, I want to uh, at home. I want to see him like pretend he's young him. Well, they. Yeah, whenever <laughs> the there's a game like that, is young him had a much better offensive <laughs> <Yeah>. line, <laughs> right? Uh, Paul, if he got up. If, all if the he tries time. to play got like young him, time. he's going to be out as Bill Cowers being not, interviewed by the Mannings in the first him. quarter because of an injury. I know thirty-five year old him. I know what you're saying. Look, I, I always root for the Kobe Bryant farewell. Yeah, right. Right, like in a game that was yeah. just you're seeing crazy things happening, and the crowd's going nuts, and people are emotional watching the guy in his final game. I always root for. I want Miles Garrett to participate. <laughs> Their season's over. I feel really bad for Cleveland, more so than anybody out of this whole thing, because I think Cleveland has a good team. I think the COVID thing really, not just in the in the <clears throat> in the effect in that one game and the and the whole deal, but just caught up to their team. COVID stacked on top of injuries really took them out of it. And I think they'd be in it, but for that. I think tonight would be a game of consequence for them. I think next week they'd be playing for, for something of consequence. Yeah. And I think they'd be a team that could do damage in the playoffs. You know, I, I tend to agree, but at the same time, through the first half of the season, they did not capitalize on some opportunities no, they when they were didn't. healthy, right? So it, it's six here half dozen the other for me on whether or not the Browns were just completely screwed over they they were decimated roster wise I mean having to go to a quarterback that was signed off of someone else's practice squad and the Ernest Johnson yeah yeah did, and, did work and bringing them in again like it's just it it what it didn't work out for Cleveland but at the same time like they also in a way aren't for real to me um I remember we came in on the show after they played. They opened the season. They were leading and playing a great formulaic game against Kansas City in week one. And KC ended up winning that game, but we came in saying we learned more about Cleveland off of that game. Kansas City came back. The Chiefs at that time, before they went through their lull, were the Chiefs of back-to-back Super Bowl runs, and we just saw Cleveland go toe-to-toe with them. Turns out it was more like... Cleveland giving up the lead and then playing some bad football. And look, Baker Mayfield getting hurt um, hasn't helped things with the shoulder. But he's also, when he's been playing, he's thrown eight picks in his last five games. And that includes the four that he threw against Green Bay on Christmas. So there's a lot of 
a lot of things you can nitpick about Cleveland as to why they shouldn't be in despite everything that's gone against them. I again, like they've they've been they've 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 gone through some trials at the same time. I'm I'm glad Cincinnati's the playoff team from that division and not Cleveland. I would have liked to have seen both, but I just, I just I got really interested in the Browns last year. I think the league does well when the Browns are doing well. Who was drafted with Roethlisberger? Eli? Yes. Eli and Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers. That I was mean, that was the big that three in the 2004 draft. If this is it for Ben, putting that trio to, bre- to bed is something. Uh, you know, I think Roethlisberger is, is almost unquestionably a Hall of Famer. The other two... I think there's debate about, but potentially three in the top 11 oh, yeah. of that year. I mean, Roethlisberger's first ballot, yeah. right? Yeah, he's in. Three of the top two, 11 Two Super guys. Bowls, top five, I think, in passing yardage. I think it's sixth right Fifth now. Fifth or sixth right now. Um, he's top so, five in some, some other big category. To have three guys, I mean, you just think of how many quarterbacks miss, and to have three in the top 11 that hit on the level that those guys hit. Rivers never, never won a Super Bowl, but... Uh, had tr- tremendous statistics. Eli winning two in New York, Ben winning two in Pittsburgh. Uh, that's a hell of a three-pack of quarterbacks at the top of the draft. Couple props for you tonight. Fanduel.com slash OK360. Get you interested in the game in case you don't have a fantasy football uh, draw to this or you just don't want to watch a game that doesn't include very much playoff implication because it doesn't. Um, I like the over 36 and a half receiving yards for Chase Claypool. He has gone over this number in all but three games in the 13 that he's played. Seems low. FanDuel uh, had it last night at 36 and a half. Um, again, I would take the over for Chase Claypool there. And uh, it's it's Cleveland and Pittsburgh. I like the over for Boswell kicking more than one and a half field goals in this game. I'd go, I'd take the over on that. I'd parlay them. And uh, try to win on Monday Night Football. Over like for for Claypool. Over for Boswell. How's your fantasy game, Will? I don't know. I haven't checked. I'm in the championship game for the... Very nonchalant. I mean, if I was in the finals of the I set my league, roster yesterday. My guess is I'm getting beat. Uh, let's quickly glance at this. Yes, well, I, I had Jamar Chase. If that, if that game would have happened a week before, I'd be in the championship. <laughs> is it a two-week... Uh, it's a two-week this week and next so week. I'm, I'm, I'm down 120 to 65. Let me see. You got somebody tonight? Let me see the matchup here. Who's beating me? So he had, oh, he had a great day from his receivers. And then he had the Chicago defense. Um, the Chicago defense Quinn had is a trump right? card yesterday because they, <laughs> Robert Quinn set the single season record for sacks uh, by any Chicago Bear in history past Richard Dent. Uh, he's the player that no one's talking about very much. Robert Quinn, pass rusher for the now six-win Chicago Bears. But here's the other thing. Joe Judge ran in the first half. They went to the halftime. They went to halftime trailing 22-3. to That was the halftime score. And the official run-to-pass ratio for the Giants in this game, 23 runs, two passes at halftime. And they trailed 22-3. to Andy Dalton came out firing, and the Giants just rolled over and took a loss. They have lost five straight, and they've been outscored 141 to 49 during this stretch. Joe Judge, by the way, if you haven't seen the postgame presser, I understand no one's running to watch 
uh, scrub teams yeah. right now and post-game pressers, although some of these can be really entertaining because Black Monday's coming up a week from today. And a lot of these coaches know they're getting fired, and some of them stand up there like you know Zimmer and acts like he doesn't want to see a quarterback play, and he's saying that because there's no need to. He's going to get fired in Minnesota. Same thing with Fangio and Denver. I mean, the list goes on and on. Like zombie. Joe Judge, though, is in question because ownership has backed him, and he's standing up there emphatic that he has current players who are going to be free agents after next week coming up to him during begging the week, him. Begging, begging him, begging him to stick around because of what they're building in New York. Guys who've he left calling a, and saying how much they yeah, miss he it. He has how former, they players, former players from last year calling him this year saying, man, we wish we were there. Uh, I'm here to tell you, if you have a former player from a losing team last year that's calling you to rejoin a losing team, you are Josh Reynolds. Like you, you are a guy you're, you're that a is asking out Beta. to get a get a paycheck, and that's it. There's no need to beg your way back onto a losing team in this league. Peter King pointed this out. One of my favorite guys in the league, Pharaoh Cooper. Pharaoh, um, he's kickoff returner. Joe Judge is a special teams guy. This is the one area of his team that should be buttoned up. Pharaoh Cooper called people away. From a kickoff. Away. Away. This is rolling into the end zone. We're fine here. Ball didn't roll into the end zone. Had to dive on it to save it the last minute to get possession so that the Giants could get sacked in the end zone for a safety. This is your area, and this guy doesn't know what to do with the kickoff. This is telling. He had a it was an eleven minute rant. In that rant, he said, quote, this ain't some clown show organization. It is my experience that when a coach is going on the record to say it's not a clown show, it is, in fact, a clown show. Because non-clown show coaches don't feel the need to tell everyone that it's not a clown show. Here's the thing. This seems like a clown show. The Giants are desperate not to repeatedly turn it over, right? Because it's proven time and time again that ultimately what you need is stability. Mm -hmm. And if you keep turning it over and turning it over and turning it over, you're hurting yourself on that stability. But if you maintain stability with the wrong guy, all you're doing is prolonging the inevitable. You got to get the right guy before you get to stability. He's not the right guy. So you got to fire him, get the right guy, then get the stability. You can't get the stability with the wrong guy. So don't delay the inevitable. Go get the right guy. And you got to get rid of this GM. Hire a real GM. Maybe it's Monty Ossenford. Hire the real GM. Let him hire the real coach. Then start your stability meeting. Um, quick college football note just coming down. Oklahoma quarterback Caleb Williams has entered the transfer portal out of Oklahoma after playing a good game uh, for Bob Stoops for Oklahoma against Oregon in a win. That's a good business move. He also said that uh, the option is definitely still open to return to Oklahoma. Business move. NIL me. Yeah, you want to get paid more? Well, he's a free agent now. Yeah, he's the most sought-after player in the transfer portal. Automatically, right? As of right now that he entered, he is the most sought-after player. Julio Jones, Jayon Brown, Kendall Lamb, all off the COVID list for the Titans. Thank God Julio Jones is going to be available for that last game. A lot of people, Hutton, think he is going to come in. They're still holding on to this. He's going to come in, and he's going to somehow transform the Titans into something they have not been, despite the fact that when he's played, he's done nothing. 
His last three games that he's played, he's had 33 yards, zero yards, and seven yards. Transform, truly transformative. He has five catches since Derrick Henry got hurt. That's his impact on this team. <laughs> yeah. He's terrific. We'll, we'll talk Titans and uh, recap what they did to the Dolphins in about 45 minutes. And we'll discuss Henry's return. They, they could actually uh, start that clock now, this week, as the Titans prepare for Houston, a win and lock up the number one overall seed scenario for the Titans. Chiefs are right behind them in the two spot. We'll continue to look around the NFL, talk some college football as well. You can join us. Follow us on Twitter, at OutKick360. And uh, you can also join us right here in Music City next time you're in Nashville. Sixth and Peabody is our broadcast location with Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. Uh, guys, this place was hopping Ooh, last week. Wow. This was a Great blast event. for the Music City Bowl. Uh, that's another game that we have to recap with how that game ended between Tennessee and Purdue, one of the more entertaining bowl matchups of the college football bowl season. Entertaining slash infuriating. Yeah, stay tuned. A lot more coming on OutKick 360. So let me correct myself on Julio. He has nine catches, not five, since Henry went out. Welcome back, OutKick 360. Here's where the five number comes in for me. Um, A.J. Brown has four touchdowns. That leads the team from the reception standpoint. Forty players have had more touchdowns than A.J. Brown. Of course, A.J.'s been in and out twice this year due to injury. Twenty-four teams have at least one player with five touchdowns. Twenty-four. And the Titans are still getting it done despite Julio being a complete non-factor and A.J. Brown being banged up and missing time on injured reserve. Remarkable. We'll get into more detail on that defense. coming up. Uh, Eagles, all about the defense. They, they have been fantastic. And their defense is the reason why they, they win yesterday against Washington. They win 20-16. to 16. Eagles are in the postseason, guaranteed, in Sirianni's first year as head coach. Uh, that should be noted. Washington scored all 16 points in the first half. They were shut out in the second half by that Philadelphia defense. And then Philly scored on four of their final six possessions of the game with Jalen Hurts and others leading the way on the ground. Uh, they've been fantastic playing their style of football. And their defense, they have not allowed more than 18 points over the last five games. That's the Eagles' longest streak since 2009. How about... Uh, I, I love the fans falling through the oh, railing. Brutal. And then uh, right into Jalen Hurts. But I love Jalen Hurts' reaction, taking the selfies with them, yeah. <laughs> greeting them. Got, and no got one them was up, hurt. Made sure they were okay. Yeah, there were no pictures. injuries, but then sitting there greeting them what was What a uh, terrible was great. stadium that is. A piece of junk. Yeah, the, the, the field is always just, um, I mean, just massacred. Um, it looks like a Civil War battlefield. <laughs> um, and you've got, you know, the stands that are playing collapsing. playing the Battle of Shiloh. Yeah. You know, it's it's just a mess. It's a it's and a train wreck there. Yeah. The parking spots cost hundreds of dollars. Yeah, it's a real it, it's, treat to go see the football team play. And then you have Heineke, the offensive line that he's currently playing behind is just brutal. I mean, he took only one sack in the first half. They score sixteen points, and then Philly pinned their ears back and got after him. Big drive, by the way. Jalen Hurts leading a big drive to open the second half yesterday to cut the deficit to two. Again, I'm bringing all this up because Phil, I would not want to play Philly right now with the clip that they run the football with and then the fact that their defense is playing up to this high standard. Um, that win is massive over a bad team. 
that win's massive for them because, again, they're going to the final week of the season and they know they're in. There's no scenario where they're knocked out based on results coming they up. They finish against Dallas. Yes, and that game's been moved to Saturday. That's so one you, of the two Saturday you've got games. Chiefs with Broncos the, yep. kicking things off on Saturday, and then you have uh, Dallas and Philly. This is the first time that ESPN will have both matchups within a division since they, I guess, since they took over Monday night. So they've had both Philly Dallas games. Yeah, they had Philly Dallas. Well, and they year. so in the contract they have to get games that have playoff implications mm-hmm. in that TV contract to get those two Saturday games. I wonder if ESPN is happy with the NFL's decisions of uh, the decision of these two games. You got to be happy with the Cowboys. From a rating standpoint, that, that's always a good thing. But the other one, I mean, you've got Kansas City still hoping against hope that they win and the Titans yeah, lose to a bad Mahomes. Houston team. I mean, uh, of, the, of the options you have, you have Dallas that's going to pull a huge number, guaranteed. And your lead-in is Patrick Mahomes. The only number one game, I mean, the number one game clearly is going to Sunday night, and that's it's the, the, it's the, the play-in game. game. The game. And yeah, I can't that, think of a... Great s- games. Yeah, I mean, I can't really think of a Sunday game that they would be upset that they don't have over that one other than the Sunday night game. And, they're, and they know they're going to get Mahomes dealing because, again, they, they're playing ahead, a day ahead of Tennessee. Win that game and root Win for Houston. Win the game and then you root for Houston so you have a chance at the bye. So you, you know that they're not going to be benching their players, right? So, yeah. again, there's, I think it's the not a bad scenario get, for them. It's a good ratings day. You get four teams that play their starters. If they that's lo- what you yes. want in that game, yeah. if you're the if you're ESPN. If they lose that game, is there a scenario for somebody else to overtake the Titans for number one seed? If the Titans I think lose, there is, it, or if they lose that game, can the Titans relax? I think there's a uh, a way the Bengals could do it. Um, although Kansas City may get the, I, I I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know how the tiebreakers would work with Cincy. In the head-to-heads, common, uh, because you, you would go to the next, you would go to the next tiebreaker. If Cincy record. wins and gets to eleven, and then you have Kansas City and Tennessee both lose, I think Cincinnati would get the one seed, but I'm not for sure on that. I'm trying to do the math in my head. I'll try to get which some is always up here that have conference, which records. is always bad. Um, other interesting results: Seahawks. Yesterday, all the discussion about tonight's final game with Big Ben at Heinz Field, we probably, I mean, I, I would bet against Wilson returning to Seattle. I think we just watched his final game at home as a home quarterback in Seattle. He put up four touchdowns, passing, and they finally got going with DK Metcalf again. So Russell Wilson could be on the move, and many believe that that was his final game. And then last night, Green Bay and and what Aaron Rodgers and company did. I mean, coming out from the from the jump on some of those passes he was making uh, to Devontae Adams, just exceptional, exceptional play uh, by by Green Bay over Minnesota. Minnesota, who continues just to find ways to to lose. I mean, they've allowed 120 points in the final two minutes of halves combined all That's year. That's unbelievable. It's just time for they, an organizational reset. You get the there. ball late in the, the first half against Minnesota, you're going to score. You're going to get points. And then they've lost uh, at the end of regulation uh, almost as much as Vegas has won. Vegas has won five different times this year as as time has expired. That's remarkable. Yeah, it was it was a great job, an amazing throw by Derek Carr on a third and long. Also, 
I'm watching that Packers game last night. It was the coldest game of this season. A wind chill of minus one. And I'm always amazed at Aaron Rodgers and other Packers players who mentally condition themselves for the cold to the point where you wouldn't know it's cold looking at them. Don't flinch. Other than him putting his hands you know, in, in the pocket in front of him during warm-ups, it looks like it's you know, 65 degrees outside. And I'm watching the NBC coverage, and you're seeing the breath of Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth in the open. Those guys don't look cold. And I want to applaud them for looking like football players in the cold, where it wasn't bothering them at all. They and don't have freezing. heaters blowing on them. As they were clearly out in the open. Their, their, their windows were open. Or they yeah. were in the cold. But they're in the cold, but they do have the heaters blowing on them. Yeah. So it's on like the flip a guy, side, Dalvin Cook, who plays indoors in Minnesota, right. looks like he's dying yeah. when I see him on the sideline with a big coat on. How about Sean Mannion and getting the news late in the week that you're going to be the starter? And your three previous starts have either been West Coast or two previous starts, either West Coast or in a dome your playing time, and your college career was at Oregon State, and uh, you're going to start at Lambeau, four degrees at kickoff, and you're facing the Green Bay defense that is known for being blitz heavy. Good luck. Good luck, Sean Mannion. we got to get some of these guys out of the league. Like Sean Mannion maybe get some more. Mike Glennon has to be out of the league. Like, they just need to pass a rule like that a guy has an expiration date when he's that bad. Oh, That so you're bad. not allowed to play a guy this bad, and so you bad. have to give somebody else a try. Like, that, that's my Logan Woodside case in Nashville. Like, at least he's not Mike Glenn. Let somebody new go out there and show us he stinks because we've seen Mike Glenn too much. I don't want to see Mike Glenn well, ever there again. There are some retread a, backup NFL guys field. that it's, it's bad. But then again, if you saw Logan Woodside play, you may be saying after two starts, you don't want to see Logan Woodside play again either. Let's get another new I guy. Mean, Mike there. Glennon's had a lot of starts. Bills win uh, yesterday 29-15 over Atlanta. It was a struggle early for he, Josh Allen. He threw some bad not good. passes. Yeah, not good, but uh, it was 8 of 20 at halftime with one or two interceptions. At, one in the end zone. At, okay, so one in the red zone. And for the most part, they are excellent in the red zone. They score. They get a touchdown 61% of the time. Buffalo's excellent down there. And uh, Allen was not yesterday. But they end up doing enough, and they put Atlanta out of postseason contention. They were alive going into yesterday. And um, Arthur Smith uh, ends his first season being eliminated from playoff contention on the 17. second to, to last game. Yeah, week 17. That's impressive work by him. That's a, a That team does not have much talent. Kyle Pitts got over 1,000 yards yesterday. That's some sort of record for – or, or uh, he joined some kind of rare club, I think, for oh, yeah, we tight mentioned ends. That, I mentioned that last week. Um, he joins Mike Ditka for oh. the only two tight ends to have a 1,000-yard so season as a rookie. It's and been he, forever. I don't know what he ended with. But the, the record for a rookie is Mike Ditka at 1,076. And, of course, Pitts is getting one more game. Yeah, I'll have it here in they'll, a second. They'll set that record. He'll, he'll be the new record holder by the, the end of the season. It's a heck of a job by Arthur Smith, who we obviously know from here in, in Nashville. Because that roster really doesn't have a lot. He's, well, got, he, he's got 1,018 yards. He unlocked the Cordero Patterson code. Yeah. I think that's those the were biggest, his assistants. That's Dave the biggest Ragone sales pitch for him this year is that he and no one else in the league has found out what to do with a talent like Patterson 
And you he know what, created though? something with him that really worked. He credits his assistants for that, including Dave I, He deserves a ton of credit for that. He also could not unlock the code of Deontay Foreman. The Falcons had him in the preseason and to start the year, and they cut him. And considering that Arthur Smith got Derrick Henry rolling and that offense with play action and what – I mean, they end up not having any weapons because yeah. Calvin Ridley – uh, bows out due to mental health concerns, uh, needing to get his mind right. They don't have anything going. And they, Deontay Foreman's on the streets. They were desperate. And since week 12, Deontay Foreman is the fourth leading rusher in the NFL. He was part of letting Deontay Foreman go here as Titans sure. offensive coordinator last year, Mike Vrabel and, and John Robinson as well, which was odd as well. I mean, the Titans couldn't quote-unquote unlock him. They didn't need that much from him. He ran rather well with the Titans last year when they went through, I think it was only a three-game stretch where they gave him a handful of carries to give Derrick Henry a, a rest or whatever. And then I think they just decided, well, we're not going to do that. And so we don't want to hold the roster spot for him. And then he wasn't heard from again until this preseason. And then he's been on the then street. He was on the street, yeah. It's crazy that he's as good. Like I said earlier, he's had 300-yard games in the last five games for the Titans. A guy who's available on the streets, who quite frankly is doing a lot to characterize running back, as most of the league characterizes running back. You can find one on the team that has the guy who, you know, kind of stretches the other side of the thing, like, well, we've got a super special one. I just think it's at both ends of the spectrum here. It is so it is so odd though that the guy who knows that his offense is tailor made for a strong physical back, downhill type runner, um, let him go. Knowing what he had, it, it just shows you that Foreman wasn't performing up to certain standards. Definitely and then not. things clicked. And he's running for a guy that wants to be receiving an NFL contract next year. He's you not know? had a chance like this. A lot of people asking me, is he on the team next year? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely in camp. And, you know, what he's done this year would certainly earn him a spot. But he's going to have a far, far different role. The Titans have to figure out what that is. And it's probably be here if Derrick Henry gets hurt. Can I get, mention a pet peeve real quick? Sure. About, and, and I realize this this is uh, the, the NFL players community is not going to like this. It, it it really bothers me. It bothered me watching the 2-14 and 14 Tennessee Titans towards the end of seasons. Because, um, again, there are certain players where it matters, like Delaney Walker, um, Taylor Lewan early in his career. It mattered to them what their record was and how they played. But there are some guys that just mail it in, pack it in, and ready for the offseason. It bothers me watching teams like Jacksonville, knowing that these dudes are getting paid what they're getting paid, to go out there and mail it in with three weeks to play. And it's like clockwork. It is white flag season in Jacksonville by the time the weather turns cold here in Nashville. When it's when it's December football, it is white flag uh, give up, you know, surrender weather uh, for Jacksonville. And it, it just, it bothers me year after year watching these professionals mail it in where they're up. It, again, these are not the Tom Brady New England Patriots. Mac Jones and the New England Patriots posted 50 on them yesterday. And Trevor Lawrence uh, nearly made NFL history for becoming what the first quarterback to not uh, with so many attempts to not throw 10 touchdown passes 
and he threw one in junk yardage time late in the fourth quarter, down 50-3. to three. And he, uh, he avoids making NFL history because of that touchdown pass. It's pathetic. It's a joke. And, you know, at least the Detroit Lions play with a little bravado. You know, they play, they play pissed off that they're that bad. This Jacksonville team lays down, rolls over, and lets you scratch their belly because they're going to the beach as soon as the season's over. Hey, I'm uh, off my soapbox there, uh, uh, but, uh, I mean, they, they suck and they don't care. They I'll, don't care. I'll pick up off, off your thing. In Joe Judge's big rant, one of the things he was uh, – touting himself for he said there are no golf clubs in there pointing to the locker room there's no golf clubs in our locker room he was referring giants giants beat writer said to golden tate who's now a titans practice squatter who actually had golf clubs at his locker well he also said (laughs) last year (laughs) he said we're not fighting on the sideline which was a shot at washington fighting last week on the sideline well jalen ramsey jalen ramsey took a punch at one of his fellow rams yesterday to 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 Go it's on tw- what you're Chad, saying with four that. Four possessions into the game, it was 28-3. Well, this is where I think the uh, the media group think coddles players too much and doesn't call them out and wants to talk about Jacksonville being a bad organization and the Urban Meyer experiment didn't work. And These are guys who are paid handsomely to perform. At some point, you have to have not. some pride to go out there and be better than that. Well, And, and, and I... I, I I, I hate it. Yeah, me too. Also, I, I hate watching it. I hate thinking about it. I hate the idea of guys making that much money dogging it, and we all know what's happening, and, and it bothers me too. Yeah, it, it just it rubs me the wrong way because, you know, Urban Meyer was fired, and rightfully so, because he was a complete disaster. And the, the reports that week were, oh, you know, the mood is certainly lightened here in Jacksonville. What it was was the substitute teacher was brought in to mo- it'd be a hall monitor, until the offseason got going. Like, I'm looking at Rich Basakia out in, in Vegas actually winning football games. They won three straight. Uh, Gruden gets fired, and that team still competes and plays hard to the point where they're in playoff contention. And Jacksonville was nowhere close to that. But I've got a lot more respect with how, for, for, for Detroit and how they went on the road yesterday in Seattle and put up a, a, a good fight. Houston went on the road to San Francisco and that was a very close game in the second half until San Francisco broke it open with the with their run game. Jacksonville's the complete opposite. Yeah, the Jets should have beat Tampa. Yes, I mean go go down the list of teams that have bad records but that are still Cyril playing hard. For Cyril Grayson, it's it, it it is ridiculous. Jags are plus fifteen and a half in a game that will uh, get the Colts uh, in the playoffs. Watching, uh, I, I'm not a huge soccer guy, but watching Jacksonville play late in the season makes me root for relegation. Uh, in the NFL, uh, that, that's one thing where I, I'm thinking, what what can we do to get a, a franchise like Jacksonville to stop? They've had, look at all the top 10 picks in a row they've had. At some point, it's funny. you have to be year better than this. I mean, if, if there was like one, if five, there was ever ten, an argument for it, it's 29. Jacksonville. It is, it is Jacksonville. If there's ever an argument chat, for relegation, it's I bet you five bucks somebody in the YouTube chat is saying Alabama should get their spot. And they're Possibly. also probably ripping me because these guys, you know, are putting things on the line here, and they deserve the money. There, look, they're, they're I mean, at signed least Alabama play hard. They're signed to their contracts. Uh, these guys don't. I mean, I, when I say these guys, I think Trevor Lawrence cares, right? I, I'm not trying to lump every single player into the same bucket here. The vast majority of these guys 
have completely mailed it in, and they started in early December. That's the that's the theme and the overall feel and the vibe that you get. That's the mission statement of Jacksonville Jaguars football. We start the offseason a month before everyone else. Trevor Lawrence cares, but Trevor Lawrence ought to make sure his uh, private quarterback coach is really it's, good. But this is, he needs to go get a bunch of coaching in February, March, April that he didn't get. And maybe Trevor Lawrence turns out to not be good. Who knows? I mean, we all think that he's going to be good. I think he's going to be good, but and it's hard, it's hard to know this year. But I'll get back to what I said and what Dan Dockage was kind of arguing also. I think Urban Meyer was a disaster, but I'm also not going to sit here in the same breath and listen to these Jacksonville players tell everyone how an NFL organization should be run. Because Hutton's right. Urban leaves, the substitute teacher comes in. These guys don't want to work, is what I see. These guys don't want to play hard. That's the evidence that's in front of me. We got someone in the YouTube chat saying, should they play hard and risk injury in a meaningless game? It's you their see, career. That, that's understandable nonsense. that some might take it easy. Well, be careful these, for next year. These dudes no, it's fly, not understandable. They fly to Providence, Rhode Island. They get off their, they get off their charter plane after eating caviar uh, and bald eagled eggs and go play this game and then complain about their filet because it's not cooked property on their flight home. Like I, I'm tired of this because this is every year uh, where they go in and just get shellacked. Again, this isn't Tom Brady's Patriots. This is Mac Jones who has been playing like crap. He goes and uh, throws the football all over Jacksonville's defense. You play for the paycheck. You, you have an obligation to do your job. You didn't say, oh, well, you're not going to risk getting hurt because you're on a bad team. You risk getting hurt as part of the job. <laughs> you go do the job. If you don't want to do the job, then you walk out. Yeah, they shouldn't risk injury for fear that they won't be around next December when they can quit early again. Right. Yeah, that's nonsense. And the, I can't stand the people that think like that in the, in the YouTube room. There's far too much. That, that, that's that's well, where I tie into your pet peeve the most strongly. The fans that go on with that. Oh, they shouldn't play hard. This plus, is a, plus, they might get in the way hunting of their high draft pick. This is if they a dare win a game this weekend. reflection of media Just, coverage, though, at times. Because there's far too many people in the media who only side with players on every issue. In there college are several sports, of them I can think in of, pro yes. sports, in anything, they only side with it. And I think a lot of times that's in response to people who always side with the owner or always side with the coach or always side with the college, and they get defensive about that, and they end up always siding with the player. The players aren't always right. Players aren't always right in college sports. They certainly aren't always right in pro sports. And you have to have a brain that can decipher when a player's right or a coach is right or ownership's right or a program is right and the other one's wrong. There are instances where all of these parts of, of the, the machine are right or wrong. You know who's apparently right in this are the candidates. Because I saw a report, I wish I could remember which national reporter said this, but he said that Trent Baalke will get fired next Monday. Because Trent Baalke, the GM who Shad Khan said was staying aboard, has proved such an obstacle yeah. to the candidates that they want as a head coach. Yeah, I mean, Josh McDaniels won't speak to them because Trent Baalke's the general manager. Which is dumb. Trent is not some great guy who's hard to get along with. Trent Baalke's done nothing as a GM. Start clean. Hired. Listen, I, I don't think I'm unique on this. The best way to do it is to hire on the same clock a GM and then a coach, have them have a symbiotic relationship where they have to sort things out uh, personnel power over here, game day power over here. Make it work. Coming up, 
Guys and players who deserve a standing ovation for their Week 17 performances. The top individual performers, according to OutKick 360, next. Standing ovation time. Week 17 across the NFL. Our top individual performers who deserve a shout-out. Shout-out to the Burrow and Chase connection. By now, we've all seen the highlights, but the numbers are just unstoppable and staggering in what they did against KC yesterday. Burrow, 30 of 39 passing for 446 yards, so he nearly has passed for 1,000 yards, not just against Baltimore combined, but the last two weeks combined. Um, He nearly gets to 1,000 just on those two matchups. Four passing touchdowns, three of those going to Jamar Chase, who had 11 catches, 226 of the 446 yards. That's a rookie record. That's a Bengals record. And then he adds three more touchdowns to the the mantle yesterday, offensive rookie of the year. I mean, it, there are plenty of strong candidates. It's been a strong rookie class offensively. Mac Jones, Jalen Waddell, uh, Devontae Smith. You, you can't trump anything that Chase has accomplished to this point. And I still don't know why they're in single coverage, albeit third down and 27 on that final drive. And they get 30 yards by throwing to Chase, who's being defended uh, in single coverage. He had 130 more yards than the next best receiver this week, Devontae Adams, (laughs) who had 136 yards. So he almost doubled. And another great performer there, Devontae Adams with Rodgers. Chad, you mentioned Derek Carr. Uh, just big play after big play late, uh, leading his team down. And there was a moxie to Derek Carr yesterday in Indianapolis. And we get that about every other game, right? Like when he starts to play well and he's in rhythm, watch out. And when he's not, it is a struggle. They, they were running the football well, too, early. And Hunter Renfro, uh, with the catch that he made late in this game, fantastic. And this shows you we're not just about numbers because uh – Car's not even top five no. on yardage. Yeah, but well, he, if, he, the, his drive down the stretch was crucial. Big. It was big. If Jamar Chase had done this a week ago, I would be in the championship of our of our league and not Hutton. Uh, Jamar Chase uh, blew it up on for my consolation game uh, this week. Uh, my standing ovation this week, a little bit outside the box, to all of the networks that cover the NFL for their Madden tributes. I thought everyone was masterful go. with their tributes. Last night, Sunday Night Football, with Al Michaels at home, bringing him on with Tarico and Collinsworth, the story Collinsworth told about his kids when they were in elementary school, meeting Madden, and Madden asked them what defense their Pop Warner team runs, and they said a 6-2, and then Madden talking for 45 minutes about the 6-2 defense and breaking out salt and pepper shakers with the kids. It's awesome. Everything that was done, the NFL did a good job with it also. Um it's rare that everyone can do something consistently good that's got a high approval rating. I think every network, because John Madden worked for every network covering the NFL, did a really good job. We're going to see more of it tonight with ESPN and Monday Night Football. And I, I thought everyone just knocked it out of the park with their John Madden tributes. It was really well done. That's a great point. I got to give it up for Rashad Penny just because I said I expected him to get hurt. He led the league again, 170 yards. So I expect him to get hurt. Next week. Third stream back, former high draft pick for Seattle. Um, he's playing well. Must be a contract year. Probably. Yeah, probably. Uh, Robert Quinn as well. Let's wrap up our ovations with defense and the pass rush. 18 sacks now on the season. 
And that's the new Bears single season sack record. He passes Richard Dent's mark of 17 and a half back in 84. Robert Quinn, the new sack king of Chicago with his performance yesterday uh, and all season. I mean, went, he went into it with 16 and a half, I believe, or 17 right on the dot. Uh, fantastic job by him. Coming up, we'll discuss the top of the AFC. The Titans sit in the one seed because the Bengals handled the Chiefs yesterday despite some poor officiating in that game. And despite the single coverage, Cincinnati made some plays down the stretch that won them that game despite trailing by 14 twice in the first half. We'll get into details of that and the impact the Titans are making on the AFC next. So now kick 360.